0: Book.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Coach Podcast. I'm Meredith Bell, one of your hosts for the show, and I'm so pleased to bring you today's guest. It's Joan Claire Gilbert. Joan Claire, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Meredith. It's delightful to be here with you.
1: I've been looking forward to this conversation because Joan Claire is very active in the Being community. She heads up the Ultimate Coach LinkedIn group and she's begun hosting a wonderful monthly series called Bring Being into Business and the Workplace. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, Joan Claire, I want to find out how did you learn about the Ultimate Coach book? And get involved with this community.
2: Yeah, great question. So, Meredith, I became a coach in the late summer of 2020, as I had decided that I wanted to share my journey with autoimmune, overcoming autoimmune challenges for the last decade when we moved here to Phoenix from Oregon with my family and I began to, I started a Facebook group for women with autoimmune challenges. And I decided that, you know, I want to get to know these women more one-on-one see what's really going on with them. And so I offered some coaching and my husband suggested, you know, you might want to look into what coaching is about if you're going to say you're a coach, <laughs> you know, this was three years ago. So I Googled how to be a life coach um, and John Strasser's program came up and gratefully, That program introduced me to so many of uh, Steve Hardison's clients, just, you know, interviews that John Strasser did with them. So I got this whole litany of uh, Steve Hardison's clients that I got to know and even connect with on calls right from the get go in my coaching um, journey. And in in those conversations, of course, learned about Steve Hardison, the TBY to NFL interview came up. So I had an idea of who Steve Hardison was. Very early on, but that was, you know, a year or two before the manuscript came out. And uh, actually, after I did that program, I hired Daniel Harner as my one on one coach and mentor and began doing deep inner work on who I was being on overcoming some childhood trauma of abandonment. And when the manuscript came out, um, that's when I, you know, of course, the being movement officially started, I guess you might say. And I just become fascinated with, you know, what's this backstory behind Steve Artisan? What's his journey? And so I initially read the book about him, not so much about me. And because I had already been doing a lot of that deeper inner work, I I don't feel like the manuscript, like, you know, threw off lightning bolts for me or anything like that initially. But uh, as I got into the to the book and the movement in the Facebook group more and just conversing with all these wonderful people about being and coming from love and service. Of course, more and more I've gotten into it. And, um, it's, it's just a really powerful way to coach people. And, to, you know, the coaches I admire the most are the, the ones that are coming from Steve Hardison, Steve Chandler, that world where they're just coming from unconditional love and self forgiveness and service. So
1: Well, it's interesting that you said the first time you read it, you were reading it about Steve Hardison. <laughs> so did you read it again with the, once the book came out and you had the text on the back cover and then those first pages, did you read it about yourself after that?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, I think there's always a tendency to kind of get intrigued in what's happening and not, and not be brought back to who you're being. But uh, in my experience actually the most profound insights I've had around who I'm being has been when I'm in with a group of like one or two other people reading it together and we're speaking it aloud there's something in the speaking of the questions on the back of the book or the front of the book which I think brings this profundity or you know depthness to it than that I don't typically have always when I'm reading it by myself mm-hmm. it's like that coaching space, a sacred space of we're all here to be open and receive insights. And so initially, I had a little mini book reading with uh, a couple of our members in the LinkedIn TUC group, and that was really meaningful. And then as I decided to start this bring Being Into Business book reading roundtable for the LinkedIn, of course, as the leader, I wanted to have deep insights about who I was being. So that was additional motivation to show up fully and really do the work of like, who am I being and reading this? And what insights am I having? And then, you know, being able to share that with the group too. Mm-hmm. As well. So yeah, of course. Now, of course, reading it about who I'm being, not not who Steve is.
1: <laughs> it really is fascinating. The difference in how it feels and how it comes across when mm-hmm. you're reading it about yourself. I'm curious if you have a favorite Chapter in the book that has really spoken to you, and what impact that's had on your thinking and way of being.
2: Yeah, thank you. So the love chapter—I don't know what chapter it is. It's more toward the end of the book. Um, I found that to be the most—I don't know. I guess shifting for me in my own relationships as I've the more I've coached, I see that I love to impact people's relationships first with themselves, then with their intimate, with their loved ones, you know, their spouse or their partner, their kids, and then, you know, the workplace as well. And, you know, sometimes I come at it through the professional space and then it impacts their personal relationships that way. But that love chapter, I love how, and this is what I love in particular about the Ultimate Coach and Steve's world is using language to create our reality. You know, that's something that I've... You know, I know Werner Earhart and a lot of these other um, influences are a piece of that, but it's amazing to to really realize the power of our language to create our relationships through acknowledgments, through our thinking, you know, our internal speaking and creation, whether that's in our declaration or just becoming more aware of what our thoughts are of our, our loved ones. Choosing to focus on the good. Um, there's so much in there that's so impactful about, you know, Amy even saying he he sees me even beyond what I am. You know, Steve really going all out, creating his beloved wife, Amy, in such a powerful way and seeing that as a possibility for myself and for people I coach. Um, and not to say that we don't have moments of, you know, deep listening and sharing of how we're how we're feeling. You know, not like, oh, we're just going to pretend everything's perfect and she's perfect. But it definitely lends the relationship in a way of how much power I have on my end to create, regardless of what the other person's doing, and that's really powerful to focus on what the power you have within yourself to create the relationship, and not wait for them to change or whatever you know you're waiting for.
1: Yes, I've seen that too um, in my relationship with my husband and mm, the way that beautiful. I will think about him before I see him in the morning or, you know, when I've been working and then I see him at lunch or after work and Mm -hmm. the thoughts that I have, Mm -hmm. have everything to do with how I approach him. Yeah. The things that I say to him and the acknowledgements. So I'm curious, what have you seen in your own relationships (laughs) with your family members as you've taken on that um, creation? For sure. Out.
2: Well, it's, it's both a language piece, but I think a big piece of it is also getting really clear with who you're being with yourself. I think it always starts with yourself. So, you know, in the work I do with clients and with myself continually is self-awareness of how am I judging myself? Who am I being with myself? How am I creating myself? Because if that energy is coming from fear or judgment, inevitably it shows up in my relationship with my loved ones. That's how I be with myself is how I be with them. So, you know, for me, it's a continual self-awareness, checking in with myself. Who am I being with myself? Okay, that's not a useful thought. That's a judgment. Going inward, doing the self-forgiveness work, seeing my innocence, empathizing. You know, it's like a... It's it's a it's like I have the tool set now, so I can continually come back to it. It's not like the judgments don't show up at all anymore, right? So mm-hmm. I have that toolkit, and then when I notice that I'm judging my husband or my kids, then it's like, okay, turn the arrow back on yourself, not as not as a point of judgment, but just for discernment, like what's going on here, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so that's that's the process for me, and and when I clean that up, it, it inevitably cleans up what's going on out there with them. You know, there might need to still be some straight conversations about things going on. It's like it's not like we just ignore, you know, what's happening out there. But it's that energy that I'm bringing to those conversations that really makes the
1: difference for mm-hmm. me. You know, you're bringing up something that I have found to be so true. And I love the way you described it. If you're getting critical and judgmental of other people. It really is important to look at what's going on with me because it's always the case that if I'm feeling intolerant because I'm feeling pushed, you know, under a time constraint or something, if I'm showing impatience to them, the the others, it's because of what's going on within myself. And I think we can save so much time (laughs) and energy if we'll pause when we catch ourselves in that state, like you just described, to look at, is this serving me well? Is this serving them well? So, and and you're bringing up such an important point around this whole thing of judging ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so much talk that we do to ourselves. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you say that? What, you know, Mm -hmm. that if we become aware of that inner chatter that yeah. we often allow our brains to do to us, <laughs> and uh, yeah. and becoming aware. What are some things that have helped you become more aware, so that you catch mm. yourself sooner rather than yeah. later, so it doesn't run away with you? Because you're right, we're we're not going to stop judging, but right. the key is to catch that early and and be more aware.
2: Yeah. Well, there's so many different angles. I've done this with myself and clients. Um, first of all is, is even like learning how to drop out of your thinking and into your body through many mindfulness reps, I call it, and be more in your body and connected to your intuition. And when you, when you're not so caught up in the thinking and the rational side of your mind, you know, the left side of your brain, you can kind of slow down and notice your thoughts kind of, you know, coming in and out and, And that's just a practice of learning to slow down and not be caught up in your thinking, right? And being in your body, kind of like mini meditation reps, I call them, or mini mindfulness reps. Um, Another way is just to take some time, like an hour, you know, when you have some time for yourself and write out all your judgments, like, who do I fear that I am? Who am I not from an enlightened point, like the truth of who I am in my inner essence and you know, the way God created me to be, but who do I fear that I need to be to be successful, to be loved? Who, who do I fear that I am? And using those prompts and coming up with a list of judgments and then really working with them one by one. Um, another thing I do with clients and and with myself is to just notice the energy. How am I feeling? You know, it could be that I didn't sleep well last night or ate something that, you know, inflames my brain or whatever, but it, It could just be that I'm, I'm not speaking kindly to myself today, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's not even like, I know exactly what the thought is, but it's like, I feel the energy of tightness of worry or anxiety or constriction. And it's like, I don't even know, need to know exactly what the thought is. I know it's not kind. And so I'm going to slow down and drop in my body and empathize and, and, you know, connect to my heart in that way that I've learned And, and really working with a coach, um, I did a lot of deep burner work with Daniel Harner for a year on that and learning to connect and be present to my heart in a powerful way. Um, which, you know, I lose track of at times, but I continually come back to that as like being present to this little girl within myself and seeing her innocence and just pouring the love on her is a really beautiful way to, to um, silence the judgments and mm. just, you know, be present to that. <laughs> that goodness within, you know, and continually come back to that because by nature, we're going to judge ourselves. That's just what we do. And then we judge others and judge situations. And so if you have a a way of learning, you know, sometimes having a mentor or coach can help you with that to slow down and, and really learn what it's like to have a powerful relationship with yourself. That's, that's powerful. You know that's Mm. something that you can have anywhere you go, no matter your circumstances, no matter what's
1: going on. Um, it's gold. So, I love that. That's such an important insight that I I hope everyone will really listen to and take to heart because we get so busy doing. And to me, this is part of you know who we are being, and it's what I love about the being Mm -hmm. community, the being concepts. And what you're bringing up, I think is so critical, because we can work so much on others, in terms of our, our thoughts and how we're being with others. But it really has to start mm. the core of who we're being with ourselves. And I like the image you just painted about how we're treating ourselves And the word kind, mm. came to mind, we are yeah. kind and compassionate to others. If we saw them in pain, yeah. sometimes we have trouble giving that to ourselves. And I bet mm. you work with some clients that struggle with that too. And I'm curious, how do you help them make that shift from mm. that judgmental, critical of themselves to take a lighter approach yeah. and treat themselves as kindly as they would treat someone they really care about?
2: Yeah, Well, I I have used um, a program that I love called Positive Intelligence, Um, you know, also taking the learnings I did at the work with Daniel Harner and my own, you know, just from from all angles, Um, it's really being aware of what that judge judging voice even is. You know, I think for many of us, it's just like this white noise that we have Mm -hmm. there because that's the way we were raised. It's the ideas we have that, you know, I work with a lot of what you might call hyperachiever type people who feel like they constantly need to be achieving or doing more and more to, to be worthy, to be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the way I, you know, develop meaning within myself. I come from a um, a family where we have high, you know, expectations or ambitions for what we want to achieve. And that's great, but it comes sometimes at a cost because mm-hmm. you can develop a an identity or meaning within yourself. And I need to always be doing more and, be active and not sitting still ever, or that's just lazy. Right. (laughs) So, so really it's helping just people see how they're operating, who they're being within themselves, using a language of like the judge or your saboteurs or your default way of being and helping them see what the, what the cost is of that. Right. It's like that voice is constantly berating themselves. How does that feel? You know, and, and some people have never, if they've never had a coach or they've never done this deeper work, it's just, it's just there and they don't even realize it. It's just like, that's normal. This is normal, right? It's like opening up a possibility that you don't have to live in a way with someone whipping you all the time. You can actually, you know, develop a, a kind, listen to a more kind voice within yourself. You know, the judge will come up at times, but you can create some distance with it. Say, no, thank you found a better way now. Um, I'm actually going to be better off now this way. Thank you for what you've done for me to get me to this point, but I found a better way. I really encourage clients not to see their judges as this, like evil force within themselves that they've got to fight. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. more of like we can kind of befriend our judge and, and let him or her know that um, or that voice know that we found a better way and and then, like I said, the mini mindfulness reps drop us out of that fearful thinking. And then I usually encourage my clients to we have some time where we bring a childhood picture and we begin to use that visual image as a reminder to connect with that innocence and that that heart-centered being that just was more free of all these, you know, limiting, <laughs> unuseful thoughts and judgments mm-hmm. that we developed along the way throughout the years. And I have one right here and it just is a reminder to me to connect with her, which is my heart. And when I'm more present to her, I can be more present to others and their inner child and their, and their heart and see their innocence. And, um, you know, just just diffuses that judgment that can pop up so easily.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear if you get resistance from people Because you're right, there are certainly individuals that haven't ever looked at it that way, that it Mm -hmm. felt normal. I was one of those for the longest time, just this chatter going on, these criticisms going on, and just accepting them as, as a way and not realizing that I had a choice. Are there some... Areas of resistance that you see people having or they don't seem to grasp or understand this? And how do you guide them to being more open so they can hear what you're trying to share with them?
2: Right. It's a great question. So I experienced this myself, um, even though I had begun to do deeper inner work through that coaching program. I initially joined and, you know, learning a lot about personal development uh, when Daniel coached me, especially, you know, he wanted me to slow down and see my judgments. And I really resisted it. I was like, I want to go fast now. Like, I hired you so I can go fast. Like, I didn't pay all this money so you could help me slow down. <laughs> you know, it was just pretty, I mean, he could, he could relate that as well, that I'm kind of like this fast car in many ways. And so, um, you know, I really just had to learn to trust that this was actually what I needed to do. It was at a certain level, it's just, Seeing that what you're doing is not working, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, okay, maybe I'm achieving quite a bit or, you know, I have the fancy paycheck or whatever, but I'm miserable inside and I'm open to trying something else. It's like uncharted territory, but hey, what do I have to lose? You know, I guess the fear is that if I slow down, I'll become lazy and I won't do anything and I'll just be a bum on the couch. That was what I, you know, I think a lot of hyperachiever type people have that idea like, well, if I slow down, then like I won't want to do anything. I'll just watch Netflix all day and eat ice cream or, whatever, you know, and so it's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be extreme, but like taking some moments throughout the day to slow down, drop in your body, you know, be present with yourself. Let's just experiment mm-hmm. with that. Let's see how that goes for you. And, And so even with those baby steps with clients like attorneys, they notice how much it helps them be more focused and deliver better work product and, you know, listen more generously, be more attentive to what they're hearing from their colleagues, from the partners. So it's really just a matter of like, I need help (laughs) guide me. It's like, okay, well, how about we try this? And oftentimes or inevitably really, Um, they see that that slowing down actually helps them feel better. It helps them work more productively and actually increase their hours. And they enjoy, they have more confidence. You know, it's just like all these ripple effects from learning to slow down, be present, stop judging yourself so harshly, do the self-forgiveness work. And it's an ongoing journey, right? This isn't just a one and done thing. So, but now they have the toolkit to do that on their Mm -hmm. own
1: hmm. Yeah, it's so powerful and so important. And it, it seems paradoxical, slow down in order to speed up. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much wisdom in that yeah. to be able sure. to listen to ourselves. And you mentioned listen generously. And of course, mm-hmm. I was thinking of Lloyd Fickett and the collaborative way. He right. was recently, um, I think, the second guest in your mm-hmm. series that you've created on the bring being into business in the workplace. So let's, let's talk about that. I think it'll be of great interest to uh, many of the listeners of this podcast to get involved in that particular activity. So what was it that caused you to decide, I want to set this up and experiment and and see what is, what's the purpose behind it?
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, I actually had a conversation with uh, another member of the LinkedIn to UC group. She uh actually just offered to start a kind of a connection bingo a, a sorts, networking roulette. We call it in the LinkedIn group. And as I got to know her on a call, she was sharing just how you know I'm I'm having some challenges with bringing some of this being these being concepts or you know distinctions in the book into the workplace because she's not a she doesn't work as a coach so it's not her world personal development isn't like what she lives and breathes in her work and that just kind of set off a you know a light bulb in my head like wow she can't be the only one you know that's struggling with or you know maybe not struggling but just finding some challenges with you know honoring commitments or you know listening well or you know integrity and how can we apply these even better in the workplace, you know, and there's, I'm sure there's some discussion of that going on in the Facebook group and in the book reading there, which is amazing. But I thought as my leadership role, the LinkedIn group, this is something I can bring and offer, you know, is for us to come together, you know, my vision has really been to have people who are not necessarily in personal development for their work, um, who are doing other occupations and professions and helping them, you know, Bounce ideas off each other and share their growth, what their challenges have been, and just helping us see together who am I being as a business leader, as a as a, you know, whatever role I have in a a workplace setting. And how can I be more of that person I want to be and create the outcomes I want? And let's come together consciously together with that intention and have insights around who we're being, you know, as leaders or as mentees or, um, you know, visionaries for our businesses, whatever it is, and uh, mm-hmm. create that space. So that's really been the intention. And it's been wonderful. There's been a lot of um, coaches who've come up, but they're come to those. But there's more recently been people who are not in personal development. I've invited and they're now reading the book. So it's exciting to see how more people can be brought in the fold and um, join this conversation around being in the workplace. I
1: I really am so glad you've done that. There's such a need for it because when we think about some of the challenges we face in the workplace, like a coworker or our own
0: Mm. manager
1: that we have had friction or tensions with. And so who am I being in Mm -hmm. those interactions There's just so many opportunities, I think, to apply the principles and the concepts Mm -hmm. of creating others, Mm -hmm. creating those relationships. And what is my role and responsibility? So I want to acknowledge you for taking the initiative to get that started. And I'd like to explore a little bit more about uh, Lloyd Fickett and what Mm -hmm. he brought up there in that second group, because I think that's when you decided to get his book, The Collaborative Way, or had you gotten it before that? And some of the principles or those five um, components that he talks Mm. about in creating The Collaborative Way.
2: Yes, I was. So I was already intrigued with The Collaborative Way. Um, Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have invited invited Lloyd to be with us. Um, But yes, of course, in having him there, I was like, I need to read this book. I mean, that's just like a no brainer, right? I can't lead a group about and speak about the collaborative way, not having read his book. And I was already interested. So the book is just really very engaging and simple, but powerful. And these commitments, you know, listen generously, speaking straight, being for each other, honoring your commitments, um, acknowledgement and appreciation, they're so powerful. And they're, you know, the more I learn about it, it's like they're all held Um, held together in one one moment. Like, it's not like we switch from acknowledging to listening generously to then honoring commitments. It's like, it's a journey learning to learning these concepts of really ways of being and practicing them. But it's also this beautiful art or dance of learning how to hold them all into play at once, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that's what I'm learning about it now. I'm speaking with um, a member of Lloyd's team as well about it. Um, and so I, I'm excited because I want, I want to bring this more into, into organizations because I see it deepening my own understanding. <laughs> so selfishly, I know as a coach, you know, a lot of us like to be coaches because we get to deepen our own, um, self-awareness and, and understanding of ourselves and how, who we're being, but it, it also benefits the people we're with. And I see this and already kind of bringing in these concepts with, some clients I have working in a team environment and seeing the effect is really powerful. And some of them around like being for each other, you know, I don't think I had read the book yet, but just like assuming positive intent. And, you know, because so, so often in the workplace, I think, you know, maybe women especially can take a look wrong and s- create in their mind like she's mad at me or she's trying to, you know, undermine me or whatever. Any of us can create stories and, I love that concept of being for each other and just um, deciding, choosing really to assume positive intent, to assume Mm -hmm. um, innocence, I guess you might say. And uh, so there's just so much depth and many layers to this um, collaborative way that I'm really
1: excited about right now. (laughs) Well, and I should mention that there's an earlier podcast episode in Mm -hmm. which Philip Bartu, one of our hosts, interviewed Lloyd, because Lloyd is featured very prominently in the Ultimate Mm -hmm. Coach book, especially in the chapter Demolition. Right. So I would encourage listeners, Mm -hmm. if you haven't listened to that interview uh, that Philip uh, had with Lloyd, it was an amazing conversation Mm -hmm. where they really did talk about some of the elements there of, of what's involved. And you know, you're right. The common thread in all of them is who am I being? In order to do these five different things, right. they are all interrelated. You're so right.
0: Yeah. And I'm,
1: I'd love to know, for some of your clients that, you, that you've worked with in the workplace, have you seen some ahas that they've had or shifts that they've made in the mm-hmm. way they show up, in the way they are being with other people who may be they had had issues with in the past
2: yeah, hundred percent I mean that's been a really powerful um, recent development for me working with individuals in the workplace that are experiencing conf- that were experiencing conflict you know maybe even so for as an example, a couple of people I'm working with um you know their their conflict was so I guess you might say intense that it was affecting the whole culture and the in the organization because they're two of the top people in the organization and so Um, Working with them, mostly together and working through them with this, you know, the positive intelligence program I use, helping them be aware of their judge and their own saboteurs. It's having that self-awareness allows them to see how they're creating the other person, you know, and and judging that person and, and their own judgments of themselves. Giving them the opportunity to be vulnerable with each other helps them see each other's innocence in many ways, too. You know, when you bring them together that way. And now they're at a point where they're, they literally told me, you know, like we're each other's best supporters now in the workplace after a few months. (laughs) And they're actually looking at how can we bring what we've learned here and practiced to other relationships because we're seeing other people having conflicts or, you know, creating in their mind that other people are a certain way. So that's been really exciting for me to see how they came from, you know, kind of an extreme conflict situation to being now like leaders. And advocates for like mm-hmm. we want to help other people in our organization experience this. And um, to me, that that's what's exciting about the organizational component is like the, you know, when you affect one person, um, there's a ripple effect, and with an organization, you can really affect a lot of relationships at once.
1: <laughs> you know. Yes. Uh, it Well, it's so true, and the beauty of what you helped facilitate there is that allows them to be less judgmental of others. You know, it's not an isolated case where you do this work with this Mm -hmm. one person and it doesn't impact how you interact with other people, including your family. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that awareness, I applaud you for helping them uh, reach that. In fact, conflict resolution is a big part of your work with clients, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I'd say so with whether it's individual or with a group um, in an organization. A lot of it is, you know, I have
1: this issue with
2: my spouse or my kids or, um, you know, it, and sometimes it, it doesn't even, it's not even that they come to me for that. It's just like we see how the work that we're doing. One of their biggest takeaways is my relationships are completely transformed. And that's not necessarily even what they came for, but it, it's like what we spoke to in the beginning of this interview is that relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. Once they have that, then it, it just naturally transforms their relationship
1: with everyone else in their world. Mm. So. That, that's such an important point. It's interesting, too, as I'm sitting here listening and thinking about when somebody comes to you, I'm guessing they aren't coming to you initially saying, I need help with myself. It's, it's, they're focused on another person. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, 100%. I don't
2: think, yeah, anyone normally comes to say, I have, I need help with myself. Yeah, because we all naturally, that's just, I think the human condition, our default is to see that the problem is out there. That's how I even got into coaching, frankly, you know, coming with autoimmune challenges and challenges in my own family, and it's all out there. There's nothing I can do. I've tried changing it, but it's not working. It's like okay, what's left? Okay, I guess I could go within. (laughs) Maybe I'll try that, you know. (laughs) And and I still need to relearn it. It's not like I've hundred percent got it. I catch myself, you know, judging people in my family at times, and it's like okay, I need to go back within myself and see how I'm how I'm being with myself. And um, as I said, it's like having that practice and language to to work within
1: yourself is really powerful tool. And you know the other insight I'm getting as I'm listening to you, Joan Claire, is I am guessing you share some of your own journey with your clients as Mm -hmm. a part of helping them see this is an ongoing process that you haven't arrived either. You use those kinds of, I'll call them, self-disclosures, but sharing with clients some of your own experiences. So yes. they don't feel like, oh, she's arrived. She's up here on this pedestal. I'll never be like that.
2: Yes, I think that's so important, Meredith. I know I had the tendency to put coaches I really admire on pedestals and that doesn't serve me. And so even for, for yeah, with my clients, I like to share, you know, not like unload it all on them, like they become my therapist, right? But just show a little vulnerability and say like, this is something I've struggled with. And maybe give a little example you know, like I have a tendency to want to control other people. And, you know, that might have developed in childhood from different experiences, but it doesn't serve me well in my relationships. And sometimes I have to just see that time and time again before, you know, it's like, I, I have to remind myself, this doesn't work, because there's the default that wants to still believe that that actually works to control people to get what mm-hmm. you want. And, and so I just like, want to share something. It's like, you know, if you find yourself still trying to, um, you know, be, you're still operating in this old operating system. Don't beat yourself up about it. We all do. (laughs) It may never completely go away, you know, and, and, but it's like being more aware we can catch it early and we don't have to go down these negative spirals where for minutes, hours, days, we're stuck in this thought loop of the problems out there. And we're stuck in our suffering mode because we want them to change or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. We can we can actually go within and, and catch that earlier on and be love, create this loving space within ourselves and be free. And then that that impacts our relationships. And um, yeah, I, I just see this as the deepest work I can do with myself. And that's why I love to bring it to my clients.
1: Hmm. That's so great. You know, as I was listening to you and picturing myself as one of your clients, I could feel myself relaxing uh-huh. somewhat because it's this idea of. I don't have to strive to get it right. Mm. And I think that's something that high achievers like you and I tend to do. You know, we set this standard, like, I want to get there. I want to do it just right. And there is no just right. It's yeah. a matter of paying attention, slowing down again, and yeah. paying attention and sitting with, and I've just really enjoyed the different phrases you have used that have a calming effect, I notice. Mm just on the nervous system, on, on the body, just focusing on allowing yourself to focus on what is my body saying to Mm -hmm. me right now? Because we get so caught up in our brains and what Mm -hmm. our heads are saying to us. We don't, we might not notice our stomach's tight, our heart's beating faster. Some of these other signs that our body is trying to communicate to us that we overlook because we're in our heads.
2: Beautiful. Yes. For me, for sure. It's been like this energy of anxiety, right? I've struggled with anxiety in various forms, I think, especially since college. And so just, it's like, I don't even need to know, like I said, what the thought is. I can feel it in my body. So now it's time to slow down and get present and, and be present in my body and get connected to my heart. And that's often just what I need to do to, you know, to, to start doing whatever I need to do next and be at my best. And I love what you said about, being kind of a hyperachiever in some sense, even in personal development, it's like we're going into personal development to, you know, have find better ways of, of being and doing things. But sometimes we can even be that way with have that energy with the process and that can mm-hmm. get in the way. Mm-hmm. Right. So being even gentle with ourselves when we notice ourselves reverting or, you know, at times going back to those old ways of being and doing.
1: Mm hmm. I can only love others as much as I love myself. And Beautiful. that's that's really the key. To me, that's a huge piece of what we've been talking about here, that yes. the more you can really focus on loving and acknowledging who you are, the easier it will be to give that to others. Is there anything else, Joan Claire, that you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up?
2: Oh, gosh. Meredith, you did just such a wonderful job of, of summing up. I think what we said, um, I think, you know, you might've said this already, but it's like how you be with yourself is how you be with others. Mm -hmm. So just if you notice you're having some challenges in your relationships with the people out there around you in your, in your household or at work, you know, shift the, shift the lens backward, who you're being with yourself. And, um, Learn to acknowledge yourself and see your innocence, and focus on the good in yourself, and that'll transform how you see other people.
1: That's great. Well, how can people connect with you, Joan Claire, and learn more about the work you're doing?
2: Yeah, so my website will be in the show notes. It's uh, JoanClaireCoaching.com, and I also have my LinkedIn uh, link and my Facebook link if you want to look at uh, my profile there. But you can find me. also at uh, Uplevel at joanclairecoaching.com.
1: That's great. Well, thank you. So I'd love our listeners to connect with you, Joan Claire Gilbert. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, Joan Claire, for the gift of you Thank being you, Meredith. With with me today and with our listeners. You've been such a gift to this thank community you so and you continue to be so. And I want to acknowledge you for the contributions mm-hmm. you're making and just who you are.
2: Thank you so much, Meredith. I love who you're being and your, your generous listening. Every time I hear you, it's I, I hear your presence of just absorbing all the gold and how you can share it with the world. So thank you for who you're being too.
0: Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, We invite you to visit TheUltimateCoachBook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.TheUltimateCoachBook.com. That's www.TheUltimateCoachBook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.